0: You're listening to Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of Black and Latina women breaking barriers in STEM fields, all while paving the way for the next generation. In honor of Women's History Month, we're kicking off Season 5 with amazing stories about what it means to be a woman in STEM and sharing the women that inspire us to keep going every day. Tune in weekly to hear from our amazing guests to learn more about STEM fields, how they've navigated these fields as women of color, and about their many contributions to the overall world of STEM. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Keetra Nesbitt, data scientist at Valkyrie Intelligence. Hi Keetra, it's so excited to have you um, on our podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Awesome. So we've got some really cool things to talk about, um, some really cool topics around math and data science. But before we jump into all of that for our listeners, we'd love to hear a little bit more about. What do you like to do outside of work in your free time? What are some of your hobbies?
1: Um, Some of my hobbies are one that I'm getting back into now um, is running. I have this thing of, I just want to be a runner, but then I don't put enough effort to it. Um, I recently moved. And so now I get to hit Town Lake more. Um, I'm going to run the Cap 10K on April 10th. And then after that, I'm going to start training for um, my first half marathon. So I really enjoy running. Um, I think it's just good exercise. It's a good mental break. It's just something I really enjoyed, so. (laughs) Awesome. Have you always been a runner? Um, I ran cross country in like middle school and then I ran track in high school. But um, for very teenage reasons, um, I quit track in high school and didn't pursue it in college. So, um, yeah, I've always enjoyed it and just didn't have the dedication. So, (laughs) all right. Keatra received her
0: undergraduate degree in applied mathematics and immediately after graduating became a teacher. She has since then learned that teaching isn't really for her and made a career switch to data science. I was
1: curious to know a little bit more about what prompted her to leave education. Teaching was definitely a challenge. Um, It wasn't that what I was teaching was necessarily hard, but, you know, a lot of people just have this preconceived notion that um, expressed by the time they get to high school that they're not good at math. And so more of the challenge is overcoming people's stereotypes and people's self-doubt. Um, but I ended up leaving, not mainly because of children, but it was a lot of administrative, um, I just say issues or conflict. Um, I didn't necessarily feel supported. And, um, this was actually the, I, I left be- even before the pandemic started. So I couldn't imagine the stress that teachers were going through trying to teach in a pandemic. Um, But it was just, it ultimately boiled down to the distress and not having enough support.
0: What was the education pathway from being a math teacher to doing data science for uh, the company you work at now?
1: Yeah, so as you said, my undergrad is in applied mathematics. So I had the background of statistics, data analysis, um, computer programming. And so um, I had a friend tell me about a bootcamp about data science. So I was able to take this three month course um, that was really just getting me more into the machine learning information. It was a refresher on stats. And then once I learned um, more about machine learning and how to use all of those tools in Python, it was just kind of a, okay, now that I have this extra tool tool belt to go along with my degree, um, I was able to apply to jobs in the data science field.
0: When you hear the word data science, you might think of someone sitting at a screen looking at numbers all day, but there's so much more to it than that. Kiatra has worked on projects for interesting companies from cruise lines to global medical response, and shares more about just how important data science is for any company.
1: Yeah, so I work at Valkyrie Intelligence. We are a um, small Austin-based AI consulting firm. And so the fun thing is you do get to have um, a variety of projects and companies that we work with. So um, one of the companies, I started off working on a cruise line project, and um, they were really... Working on um, reducing harmful environmental effects. And so one of those things, as you know, when you're on a cruise ship, there's a buffet and there's actually a lot of food waste that's accumulated. People put more on their plate than they consume, um, which, you know, you can all relate to. But um, then that's just kind of like a a lot of waste that is going back into the environment and are people recycling properly when they need to, you know, pull out the plastics from this. So um, I was just doing some statistical analysis for um, this organization on the amount of food waste that's accumulated by different brands and just showing them those numbers and what we were able to analyze was um, insightful for them and that was exciting to me because I thought you think you have to do this really fancy machine learning and I have to do this all of these things but sometimes companies just need quick clear, um, you know answers around their data and so for me it was exciting that by just using statistical analysis I was really able to just help this organization really understand one of the brands that was working a lot better in doing well to minimize waste. And then it's like, okay, let's have all the other brands start to mimic what they're doing. So that was exciting. My second favorite project, I think just because it was most impactful was working with global medical response. They are the nation's largest emergency transport provider. Um, And so being able to predict the uh, number of 911 calls that would happen, you know, that's just really impactful. in the times that we were in, it was we're helping EMTs and first responders have more um, balance and awareness in how their day is gonna go and just helping them plan and staff better. So that one just kind of pulled on your heartstrings um, knowing that you're helping out people who are working for a good cause to save the community, so.
0: Was that all going down, like at the start of the pandemic around, around
1: COVID? Um. So the cruise line um I project was October 2019. Um, that I began that, and then um global medical response was um a little bit after the pandemic. We did some work with them in the beginning. Um, but predicting the calls was uh, mainly 2021. So that was still there was still an influx of calls. There was still a lot going on. like yeah. uh, they were still understaffed. So you know, very much like we are today, we're still kind of in a pandemic. So.
0: Yeah, it feels like uh, it feels like it ends, then it starts, and we kind of just we're like, are we out of it yet? No, no, yeah, <laughs> no, I definitely feel that. So you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but um, why is something like data science important to any organization?
1: Yeah, I think there was this you know push about um at first it was like the cloud and it was like collecting data. And so these organizations, they are like, okay, great. We're going to collect all this data. And so they have data warehouses. They just have stores and stores of data, Um, but either they're collecting it poorly or more likely they're collecting all this data and they don't know how to use it. Um, Managers don't know how to pull insights out of the data. They're not able to actually make predictions off of the data. So like, okay, well, what can you tell me now about the future? They're mainly using data and finding, okay, well, this is historically what has happened. Um, But as we saw with the pandemic, businesses had to quickly shift because what historically happened wasn't going to answer, wasn't going to be able to help them predict and prepare for their operations now that the world had completely changed. Um, And so data science is important in that realm because when you can't rely on historic and past, and as we've seen things happen and change, and there's a lot of new precedents that come. You really want data science to be able to come in, look at current trends, current evaluations, current um, relationships to make better predictions about the future so that decision makers are more informed and can, um, yeah, just make better, better uh, decisions.
0: All this talk about the pandemic and changes in trends made me think of one of the biggest changes of all, remote work. I was interested to know from someone in this field, how much of an impact remote work had on the execution of her projects?
1: Yeah. So um, remote life for me, we use um, all of the tools that kind of just help the team have more of those conversations that you might just naturally have in person. So we use Slack. Um, I bet there's a lot of companies that you know use Slack. And so it's just like Every morning you're posting when you're online, um, you have your stand up with your team about, okay, this is what I'm working on, this I'm not working on. We use Monday, so it's like everyone can track the task that they're working on and what's your, you know, have you been assigned it? Are you blocked on it? What's the update on it? Um, lots of Zoom meetings. And then even with that, like encouraging the use of cameras, um, you know, it's it's really we don't mandate it except for in one meeting when it's like, hey, you guys, this is the one meeting a week where it's the entire team together. And just to keep that camaraderie and that culture and that community, they encourage that everyone turns on their camera. um when you're in your smaller team meetings, you know, it's not required if like hey, sorry, I'm eating lunch, but um it's we just generally have it on to create that that community that sense that we're there and we're seeing. Um, and people are, you know, really responsive about like, hey, I have to go to a doctor's appointment. I'm gonna be out, or I'm doing this. And so people are still able to balance the personal things that they have to get done while managing the workload. And so it's really worked out, um, worked out nice for us.
0: For me. Yeah. Building community is something I've heard a lot in a lot of different industries, especially as we, you know, we're either coming out of being fully virtual, um, going back to fully in person, or a lot of people are experiencing this mix. And so there's still that extra layer of how do I build community in the space that I work in what is your take on your industry staying remote
1: yeah um I think remote work is fine I think I have two opinions painted down that one um remote is fine in my industry in regards to Austin, because we know that right now we, we don't have a really great transportation system. And so I think people driving into the office that don't need to just kind of ask for that extra congestion. There are people trying to drop kids off at school and then get to their work. There are people that actually have to go into the office to you know meet with people or they work in the public service. And so as much as um, the tech industry can kind of stay out of that congestion, then I think that we should. I think there are hard times though when yeah it's like hey it's, it's better that we have this meeting in person and so it's okay that there's that flexibility or it's not every day maybe it's hey you come in Tuesdays and Thursdays or you only go on Wednesdays um so I think for the industry in Austin um I think it would help just alleviate a lot of that traffic and congestion um that that we know is a problem um and secondly I feel that personally it I I honestly do feel a better um Work-life balance, working from home instead of being at work, and you know you're stressed about. Oh my gosh, I really need to get this done, and I have to get this done. It's kind of just like, okay, hey, I'm able to multitask, multitasker okay, hey, I need to run an errand in the middle of the day, and I don't have to worry about this, or it's okay that I'm gone. You're just you're able to get it done, and then okay, then I logged on earlier, or I left later. Um, it's also really nice that I, I sign on at nine and I sign off at five. There's no like. Oh, okay. Well, someone's having a meeting that runs longer, so now I'm stuck in the office longer, and and so I'm able to really respect those boundaries. And like I said, I want to run, so I'm like, I want to get off work because I got to hit Town Lake, um, or I got to go to Orange Theory and hit the gym. So it's just, it's nice that I have that balance.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I've, I personally like the idea of a of a hybrid model as well. Um, I think that. For the purposes of like getting some of that social aspect, getting to see some coworkers and talk to some people in person or for things that are more important, like you said, you know, let's go into the office and have a meeting in office definitely makes sense. But I feel, I feel you on that. I feel like a lot of people are aligned with what you're saying, um, with the work-life balance being, being mostly virtual. Um, so it's kind of crazy how maybe the pandemic helped us a little
1: bit (laughs) in a way. I know that sounds so horrible, but, uh, um. Got to find good, right? Look for the silver linings in life. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Kiatra had shared with us earlier on that as an educator, she often found it hard to help her students overcome the stereotype that they were bad at math. In fact, she wishes that the industry would stop telling younger people interested in education math that math is hard. She shares how it hurts the field of STEM overall to dissuade students from taking on a career in mathematics.
1: I should be proud that I have a degree in mathematics you should be proud to have a degree in engineering, you know, biology, whatever it is. But, but I think sometimes we take that, that pride and we kind of give it a little bit, um, well, this is hard if you want to do what I want to do though. And so just be cautious about if you go with this job. And so I think that we, we put this, um, hard notion on it as it's, it's an impossible kind of, or not, not impossible, but, uh, I don't know that it's a difficult it's it's more difficult um say in um an arts degree or history or English where I think that you have to put your due diligence in any of those degrees and um we should not as the industry appear that we are the harder degree to have um because then I think it's just, it's not really benefiting us well. It's actually making people more scared to then enter into the field. And um, even those who work in business, those who work, um, you know, tangentially don't even take the phrase, oh yeah, I'm not this because, you know, that was too hard for me. Um, because then people are like, oh, well then if they think it's too hard and I think they're really smart, well, it's too hard for me also. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I, I definitely agree with you. I think, first of all, college is hard. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter what you get your degree in. Undergrad is hard. It's it's hustle time. It's time to really crack down and work. But I really like that you're talking about this because I think, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like another part of this though is that people don't know what type of a career they can have getting a degree in mathematics.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. When I was in high school, I had a college couch come up and says, you should major in engineering. And I was like, I don't know what engineering is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so I was like, what am I going to go to college for? I'm going to do accounting. My mom is accounting. I like numbers. That seems like a safe career. Um, But I was bored with those business classes. I've always loved math, but I was like, well, no, I probably can't major in math. It's probably going to be harder. I've just always been good at it because high school math is easy. and. I let myself be afraid of that challenge and chose something easier and didn't let someone tell me, hey, you really like math. These are some careers you could have. Or instead of just saying, oh, what major in engineering? Talk to me about what do those careers look like? What is an opportunity? What does that even need? Um, But yeah, it is a very uh, ambiguous, I think, kind of degree. And it's like, well, what do you do with math?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's clearly a field that
0: everyone needs it, you know? The more I'm listening to you talk about it, no matter what organization or company uh, is out there, they need data. That's the way to grow. And, um, you know, I feel like when I hear people who do data science talk about what they do, it's more than just having a bunch of numbers and presenting it to somebody. You have to, like, tell a story with the data that you find.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um And some, um, I think math as a degree is kind of a good basis to go into any field. I felt that people see that I have good critical thinking skills. If I'm majoring in math, I know how to dig in and find that story within the numbers. And so um, there's a lot of people that they will go from math and they go in there to law school. And so that is a good kind of uh, entryway as well. But. Yeah, back to the the telling a story. I think it, it absolutely is, and I think being a teacher um, gave me that reason of being in consulting because it's like, okay, yes, I know the numbers, yes, I know the math, um, but in consulting, you're really teaching your clients, this is what your data is saying, um, this is a story I can tell for it this is how it you know would make sense for you how it how the science translates into actual business value or roi um so it is a, a storytelling uh feature as well
0: absolutely um and so you you talked a little bit about your mom who you said was an accountant um and so i wanted to you know as we're wrapping up women's history month i wanted to give you the space to talk about any women who inspire you and why
1: yeah um so yeah when you Told me about this question. I thought about three women. Of course, first um, is my mom. She's just always been supportive of me. I've had multiple careers, um, and she was a, just a real backbone when I was a teacher. Um, just always there to lift up and be encouraging. Um, she lives in Denver, and I've haven't lived in Denver for years, so a lot of my um, professional life was not at home. And so, just having that relationship with her, um, always through the you know, with, through a phone call who just nice to always have her support, um, have her voice, even though she wasn't like there, you know, in person. Um, the second person that I thought about in my circle, um, is Liz Kolkow. She is the, uh, director of business development at Valkyrie Intelligence. Um, and is one of the first people that I met at a networking event and how I then got connected to others and interviewed at Valkyrie. Um, but she is just she is such an encourager. So she sees people and she sees their strengths and she will always um, say, hey, I see this and I see you're great at that. And this is what I admire about you. This is what I admire about you. And so I think it's just really nice that not often do we, um, we may see the, uh, the trace of the people that we admire or we may say, I really like that about that person, but Liz does well to um, actually verbalize that and share that. And so she's, she's just a great encouragement. And so I look up to her and be like, let me be that encouragement to other people as well. Let me be a woman who speaks and encourages those around me. And then, um, as I said before, a hobby was running. Um, I also really enjoyed Orange Theory. Um, During the pandemic, I had joined at the beginning of 2020 and then the pandemic came and it shut down. And so when it reopened, it was kind of the the only thing that were reopened, but, you know, limited and mask and all of that. But it was just a space that I could finally, like, let out some stress or see people. And so um, that's where I met Coach Mary Stockham and Mao. She is just like a powerhouse of a woman. Um, she has the most encouraging messages, like, You're in that class and she's pushing you and she's like, what is your goal? Why did you come live here? Don't give up on yourself. Prove it to yourself. You're not gonna be able to control what's out there. You can control this moment right now. And it's just, you gotta have a workout with her and then you're like, okay, I can accomplish this. I got through the workout. I can accomplish anything. So um, those are just three women who just kind of came to mind as encouragers, motivators, so supportive. Um, No, I can call them and and they'll have my back.
0: It's so important to have, you know, uh, a network of women around you to, to uplift, to uplift you. That's so amazing. Thank you so much, Keetra, for coming on our show today and talking with us. It was really cool learning more about what a data scientist does um, and your take on the industry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. See you at our next episode.